This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, my name's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the preview podcast on the Blood Red channel, where we go behind enemy lines to get the lowdown on Liverpool's next opponents. That happens to be Wolves on Friday night under the lights at Molyneux. Liverpool will be favourites after a record-breaking start to the season and a seven-straight Premier League win will see them definitely top the table at Christmas for the first time in five years. But as the main guest of this podcast will explain, they will be going up against a team without fear. Wolves have made this Premier League lark look easy after winning the Championship last season and a fourth-straight win on Friday night would take them above trouble Manchester United and into sixth. So to get the lowdown on Wolves, I spoke to the excellent Tim Spears, who covers the club seven days a week for the Express and Star newspaper. We also talked their captain and former Liverpool youngster Connor Cody, Ruben Neves, who has been linked with a move to Anfield, and Divock Origi, who has been linked with a move in the opposite direction. You'll hear our chat first, before we listen to what Reds boss Jurgen Klopp had to say in his pre-match press conference. James Pearce and the boys will be back on Friday with our main Blood Red show. And if you like the podcast we produce, don't forget to subscribe to them and give us a nice rating and review. And if you like, you can now join our dedicated Blood Red podcast page on Facebook. Thanks for joining me. The Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hi, Tim. Thank you very much for joining me on this podcast to preview the match between Wolves and Liverpool. Are you okay, mate? Yeah, very good. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Really, really. It's probably the... um most hotly anticipated game of the season for us so yeah can't wait yeah Friday night under the lights at Molyneux Wolves in form Liverpool top it's, it's just a cracking game to sign off with uh, before Christmas isn't it no it's all set up yeah after the win against Bournemouth last week I mean attention just immediately turned to this one to be honest yeah pre-Christmas game obviously a packed house so it sold out a long time ago I mean, I'm a mere journalist and I've been asked for tickets so many times. <laughs> I have absolutely no influence whatsoever, but pe- people seem to think I'll be able to get them a ticket. So, um, yeah, obviously the, the unbeaten leaders come into town. Uh, there's a kind of Cody connection as well. Wolves, um, they've won three on the spin. It's their longest winning run in the top flight since 1980. Um, and they haven't, had, they haven't had too many uh, le- uh, years in the top flight since then, but it still adds up to 300 matches. That they've played at this level without without no. without uh, winning three on the spin, so um, it's heady days. I mean, they're in seventh place. They, they um, uh, jumped above Everton, uh, Bournemouth, and Leicester by winning last weekend. Uh, Man United obviously lost to Liverpool, so they're um, they're only a point behind Man United now. They could go sixth tomorrow with a point. So uh, really heady days. Honestly, it's been it's been decades since Wolves have been in this position. So the feel good factor couldn't be any higher. Anyone who watched Wolves last season couldn't have failed to be impressed. But what's been the key to to this start this season? Because I know there's a bit of money to spend there. There was good players already on the books, but to, to be this, you're making the Premier League look pretty straightforward, aren't you? This Premier League, like the way yeah, the lads are playing. Uh, well, um, the way that they went through last season, and they got 99 points. You know, run up. They made it a bit difficult at times, but they were runaway leaders in the end. And a, a lot of a lot of kind of pundits and observers were saying last season that this team is, is Premier League ready in the terms of its style of football, you know, very, very attractive to watch, football on the floor, um, very organised, very good defensively, uh, lots of firepower up front. And everybody kind of said, yeah, they won't take too much to adapt to the Premier League. And that's how it's proved, really. You know, they haven't really changed the formation, haven't changed too many of the personnel. I mean, they spent... £81 million in the summer, which is just absolutely phenomenal for a newly promoted team. Mm-hmm. I know Fulham did the same, but still. So, so to take that base 
of a team that got 99 points and to add quality into that. Um, obviously, uh, Rui Patricio in goal, you know, most people would say probably in the top 15, 20 keepers in the world, perhaps. You know, yeah. he's been with, uh, with Portugal for many, many years. Jay Martinho, with all his experience and guile in midfield, uh, has added a lot as well. And then they've added um, uh, Spanish international wing-back Johnny Castro-Otto and Raul Jimenez up front, who's got 60-odd caps for Mexico. I'll be honest, I've never, I haven't really heard yeah, too yeah. much about the chap. Um, he'd been on Benfica's bench for the last kind of two, three seasons, um, but it's still, uh, yeah, like I said, 60 caps for Mexico. He's come in and done phenomenally well, five goals, five assists. So, so to add that to what they've already got, which is a, a young and improving team, I mean, some of the key players, Jota, Neves, Cavalero, Costa, they're all early to mid-twenties, you know, even Conor Cody's not too old, he's about 25. So it's, it's an, so these players are getting better as well. So that's why um, they've been kind of able to hit the ground running, I guess. Yeah, and that kind of hit the ground running includes some really good results against the, uh, the other members of the so-called Big Six. And I know Liverpool will be favourites on, on Friday night, given this unbelievable record-breaking start to, to the season that they've made. But is there a bit of a quiet confidence that Wolves could maybe spring a surprise? Uh, it's, it's quite a loud confidence, I think, within the camp. They are, they are, they are fearless. Honestly, there's absolutely no disrespect to any other team. But they, um, yeah, they took a point uh, from Man City, from Man United. They should have won at Arsenal, but got a point there. Um, they only lost three-two to Spurs after a bit of a late comeback, and then they beat they beat Chelsea the other week, one-nil down, and beat them three-two. So. Uh, it's been a few people accusing them of um, only raising their game against the big teams, but honestly, it's not. It's not like that. The, some of the, the so-called smaller teams will happily kind of forego attacking intentions to kind of sit and frustrate Wolves and, and show them a lot of respect and try and stop Wolves playing and pack the midfield. And that's why they've struggled against the likes of Huddersfield and Cardiff, who they lost to recently. It's 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 not a motivation thing. You can see it. You can see it in the players. But against the bigger teams who allow them to play their game kind of a, a bit more, more space in the final third to exploit, that's when they've. Um, They've, they've, been, they've had plenty of joy, really, um, and they can be a bit more creative. And, and it's more of a um, it's more of a two way situation rather than one team trying to frustrate the other. So, so they've done very well against the big teams, and I'd expect them to put on a, a really good performance against Liverpool tomorrow. Of course, the last time the two teams met, Wolves did spring a surprise in the FA Cup, wasn't it? Back in uh, January last year, it was, a, it was a great day for the club. But it's, uh, the club's almost unrecognisable since then, hasn't it? Really, what's happened since? It was an un- it was an unforgettable day. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, Liverpool picked a weekend team that day. But to be fair, so did so did Wolves. I remember Wolves rested a kind of few players that day as well. It was an unbelievable um, occasion. Eight thousand fans travelled up that day, and um, there are still a few players knocking around, Conor Cody and, and Elder Costa and a couple of others. But yeah, um, the whole thing's changed since then. Uh, Nuno replaced Paul Lambert a few months later, and everything kind of kicked off really. Um, the key, the key thing being that Nuno is very, very, very good friends with George Mendes, mm-hmm. who obviously is um, very influential at Wolves. Not that they'll be saying that on the record, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but obviously he pulls a lot of strings at Molyneux, and um, him and Paul Lambert not exactly um, uh, match made in heaven. So they never really saw eye to eye on on recruitment. But as soon as Nuno came in, that all changed. Like I said, um, been friends for many years. In fact, uh, George Mendes was. Um, Nuno 
know, was George Mendes' first client as an agent many years ago, so they go back a long way, and it's all it's all kind of fitted in perfectly since then, and the recruitment's been excellent. They've been able to bring in the likes of Neves and Jota. So the whole the turnaround of players has been, uh, has been phenomenal, really, in the past two years. And the rise has been phenomenal as well. I mean, only five years ago, they were, they were still in League One. Yeah. Um, and only two or three years ago, they were, they were a mid-table championship team. So to now be... Honestly, pushing for Europe this season is, is is becoming the target. I think now that's um, that shows you how rapidly this club is progressing, and that's the way they want it to go. You know, they, they make no secret of that. They want to they want to break into the elite in the next kind of three, four, five, ten years, however long it takes. But but they want to get there as quickly as they can. So we'll continue to see a, a rapid turnaround in uh, in players. I think as well. But it's um, it's all positive at the moment. That's for sure. One player you've mentioned a few times in our conversation already, who's, who's kind of stood the test of time, is Connor Cody. Everyone will know he was a Liverpool fan growing up on the books, more as a defensive midfielder, but he, he seems to have transformed himself into this ball playing centre back at Wolves. Is he, is he just going from strength to strength? Yeah, he's, he's, he's blossoming and he's become, become a, a heartbeat to this team. Um, yeah, he joined as a midfielder, sort of reminded me a bit of a more of a defensive kind of Gerrard. Type and I think that's that's kind of what he modelled himself on. And Gerald was a big hero of his growing up, and then obviously got he got to train and play with him. And then he kind of filled in at right back a season after. Um, didn't set the world alight in central midfield, and then did a solid job at right back under Paul Lambert. And then Nuno came in and brought this three four three formation with him, and needed somebody to to play that sweeper role. Basically, just wanted somebody who could who could the ball out to the wing backs because it's a, it's a favoured approach of theirs to get attacks going and identified Cody and also wanted someone who could really communicate well in that yeah. position and Cody's a very loud loud talker and a very good communicator and a natural leader I mean he, he always has been since since a young age I think coming through Liverpool's academy so identified him that role and he's, and he's blossomed since then and, he's, and his career's taken off I mean I think before that before he was converted to a centre half I don't think too many Wolves fans would have been uh, that myth to see him leave. To be honest, he was just uh, just a kind of an average player in the squad. But he's he's improved massively. His communication is a big part of it. But um, his reading of the game is exceptional. You'll often see him covering uh, for his two other centre halves. Very good at uh, getting Wolves going in terms of um, distribution as well. So he's uh, it, kind of become the focal point of the team. And um, there's not too many English players left in the squad, but he's one of them. Um, uh, he's quickly. Um, Made himself rapidly made himself a fan favourite in the past uh, in the past year or so, and he's indispensable to this team now. And there's talk of an England call up as well, which I think would be justified. Um, so yeah, and he's obviously oh, I spoke to Connor this week. Really nice interview. He's he's, he's massively looking forward to Friday. Um, it comes from a red household. They're all Liverpool fans, but they'll all be cheering him on on Friday. And it helps. Uh, he said it helps that he's already played against Liverpool and beaten them in the FA Cup game because it takes a bit away from yeah. the occasion and the emotion of Friday's game so he's just, just very focused on uh, on trying to get a surprise three points Yeah I'd recommend any Liverpool fans who are obviously listening to this podcast to, to check out the interview it's a cracking interview I really liked about it as well he was saying uh, his kids growing up are Wolves fans now they've got like Neves on the back of the shirts haven't they and stuff <laughs> like that and he's probably a player Liverpool fans will be looking at because the gossip columns have, have linked him to Liverpool and other, and other top European clubs he was absolutely unreal in the Championship. How was he getting on in the Premier League? He was he was phenomenal last year. I mean, you know, uh, Wolves fans have been brought up on on some truly truly great football players uh, back to the fifties and sixties, the likes of Peter Broadbent, and then 
and many others in years gone by. And honestly, you've got you've got fans who've been going 50, 60 years saying this is technically the best, one of the best players, if not the best, that we've ever had. He's that good. He, he can run a game from midfield. He can pick any kind of pass that you want. His vision's exceptional. Um, but he hasn't quite taken it on as we thought he might this season. Um, he's kind of been in Jair Martino's shadow a little bit. Yeah. They're very... Last season, uh, you had Romain Sace, Moroccan international, who was kind of the destroyer in central midfield and would just give the ball to Neves and let him do whatever the heck he wanted. Now they brought in Martino, who's kind of of a similar, of the same genre, really, as, as Neves, a ball-playing midfielder, um, who likes to run, run the game in terms of tempo and possession and whatnot. So I wouldn't say they're getting each other's way, but Neves has sort of been in his shadow a little bit and has not been given the licence to run games on his own. So he's sort of adopted a more defensive approach this year. You won't see him pinging as many passes out to the flanks or trying through balls as much as you would have done last season. So it's just taken a bit of time to adapt to the league and, and find what his role is in this kind of um, slightly rejigged team. But on, uh, his, his quality is exceptional. His technique is unbelievable. And I've absolutely no doubts that he'll play for one of the one of Europe's top top clubs uh, in the coming years. Just a quick word on uh, another midfielder before we finish. Don't want to take too long of your time, mate. Is uh, the youngster Morgan Gibbs White? He's been getting picked out by a lot of praise, like on pundits on on shows like Match of the Day. He doesn't half look the real real deal. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, yeah local lad. One of the big success stories of the academy in recent years. Uh, he's, he's still only made two Premier League starts, um, but he's made, been making an impact from the bench. When they've got this three four three formation that Nuno plays week after week without fail. But after this recent run of five defeats in six, um, the only one who was really impressing was Gibbs White from the bench, who would come on, very pos- positive attacking midfielder, um, gets his head up, either runs with the ball or looks to play, playing his teammates, very positive, creative presence. But there was no natural role for him in the, in the 3 4 3 because he's more of a 10, really. But what we saw against Chelsea a couple of weeks ago, um, like I said, five defeats in six, and then against Chelsea, Nuno changes his formation for the first time in his Wolves tenure because of Gibbs White. Because mm-hmm. wow. Gibbs White's forced himself into the team and forced, it, forced Nuno to change his beloved formation. Um, and he was playing in the 10 and he was outstanding and set up, um, set up one of the goals, as you say, highlighting a match of the day. Danny Murphy's kind of said he's got what England sort of lack, which is high praise, but not, not what he needs at this stage no, of his no. career. You know, um, Nuno's going to try and keep him as grounded as possible because he's by no means the finished product, but he's an outstanding prospect for sure. You mentioned uh, Wolves' outlay in the summer was massive. Do you think they'll be busy again in January? I know there have been reports linking him with a Liverpool striker, Divock Origi. Is that the kind of position they, they may be looking to strengthen or offer some backup or competition to, to Jimenez? They've got Jimenez, but yeah, they haven't really got a backup, and I, I think it's a big ask for particularly the role he plays in. in you know, he's a back-to-goal striker that links the links the play in the final third, but there's, there's a heavy workload on him. So to ask him to play 38 games this season is is a bit much, really. So they'll need they'll need, they'll need a backup. Um, I don't think I don't think Tivac Origi would want to come to Wolves to be a backup no, striker, no. and I don't think Wolves would pay 20 odd million for him to be that player either. So um, I think he was one they asked about in the summer. Um, we're told the asking price. Wolves were told the asking price and scared off a little bit. Um, I know, I know that I know that they like the player. They're interested in him, but unless it was a loan deal with an option to buy, I can't see, couldn't see that happening. To be honest, um, is there money to spend? There is. I mean, with Foson, there'll always be money to spend, but they have got to be mindful of FFP. 
um, not going above there. I mean, you know, only a few weeks ago, Wolves were slightly worried about getting sucked into a relegation battle. So that if, if that were to happen again, they've got to be very careful with their finances because they were very close to the FFP limit last season. So if if, if the worst were to happen and they were somehow to get relegated this season, they can't go and spend another fifty million this January. Is, is my point. So they've used the loan market very well in recent years, and I, I'd imagine that they'll bring in a couple more loans in January just to bolster the squad so that they don't um, suffer in the second half of the season when uh, injuries and, and suspensions kind of pile up. But as far as, as far as the first 11 on the bench goes, you know, they're, they're pretty well set at the moment. Um, they should be hanging around in the top half of the table, I think. Yeah. Um, I think there's improvements to come from this team as well. So, so yeah, who knows what will happen this season. Just the final one, the obvious one. How do you see Friday night going then? Oh, um, Wolves, Wolves are a bit of a confidence team. Um Whenever they, they don't really react well to conceding goals, um, you see them visibly drain uh, with confidence on, on the pitch when they concede. That they much prefer winning and controlling games. Uh, sorry, much prefer leading and uh, and controlling games and and getting teams to kind of chase chase the ball and chase uh, chase goals. They much prefer that. So the first goal will be key. Um, I don't know. I can I can see Wolves sticking a point to be honest, and I, I, and I wonder if that wouldn't be the worst result in the, in the world for Liverpool no, either. I mean, no. they're, they're coming to a team that could be in sixth place by the end of the day on Friday. Um, has taken a point off all of the big teams except for Spurs. Um, yeah, I think it could be one all. You know. Appreciate your time, Tim. Enjoy the match and have a great Christmas, mate. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. When it's nip and tuck between two sides at the top of the Premier League, how different is it when you've got the opportunity to put pressure on the side behind you and see how they react, as so, opposed to what it was last weekend when obviously City had that opportunity? Yeah, but we didn't think about the City result. Um, and it's not if we don't decide the league at one at one match day, so you have to be consistent. And if you if you go if it's always, it's not this last. I, I would really say we are always motivated the highest level so well, how, where can we put this extra portion to say okay but if City lose then it makes more then we are even more motivated it doesn't really work so we, we really are concentrated in our situation and to be honest we are in December and I think Tottenham is six points oh that's a massive gap uh, we play them still uh, and City plays them probably as well so there are, and then um, Chelsea Arsenal, even Arsenal, all that stuff. Um, they are they are so close. So then, so many things can happen. I should be thinking now about uh, about one opponent. Like we, we are the only one um, who can stop City or whatever. It's not like that. This season looks completely different. The first, only City can stop City. To be honest, um, and not not we. We have to play our own game and um, try to get as many points as possible. That's actually all. No, we can't win anything in this element. Paul, the small time you actually do have to yourself, do you just wonder how smoothly these things can carry on for a team that has the run that you're on, the way that you're playing, the floor that's in the way, the floor that you're getting? If I want that to go on or what? Or what was the question? I wonder how long it will carry on for. It's like you often think, well, it's going well so far, how long can this continue? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. So it's it's really if you think about Wolverhampton, maybe we should start talking about them. Um, yeah, we play them on Friday, and um, 
Oh, that's an outstanding, an outstanding project. Eh? So what they did last year in, in the championship, I'm not sure that happened too often in the championship. The way they played, usually very often in the championship, you go up with um, with this kind of old school British football. It's a, it's a tough league, and it makes sense to do it. I think the only two teams in the last few years that did it differently were um, Huddersfield and, uh, Wolf, and Wolves. So that's that's uh, that's really unbelievable what they did. Then they brought in a lot of players again. So and that needs a bit of time. That everything fits, and that they are now they are really strong. Did they win the last four? I think so. That's that's a run as well. So um, we have to go there and um, and be really in our best again. So they do they do just a really good job. And um, I saw especially the game. It's long ago, but when I saw that the the City game, and of course City was better and was unlucky with the goal. Wolf scored that day. It was a handball. Uh, but the way they defended as a team was actually coming from the football playing side that day. That was really impressive. And so that's the job to do in that week in and week out. First Wolves, then uh, Newcastle, <laughs> Arsenal, which is challenge, and then City, and then yeah, I don't know who is coming up. Uh, Wolves again, right? Uh, so that's, that's how it is. And um, no, exciting times, really exciting times. It's, it's good. It's a good moment, but it only worked so far because the boys were always focused on a specific job and that's what we will try to do again. Uh, no, no result-wise, and obviously not a result in the Champions League. We can say because um, yeah, we could have had better results, but not as a result that we go through. No, we couldn't have been better in the Premier League. No, we needed time to yeah to grow again in this season as well. We, we still need that time. That's how it is. But you don't think about that. How can I think in in, in June about or in July about? Um, December. So far, so okay. What I said, that's absolutely okay. What we did so far, but that's all. If we stop now doing the same, and then it's December, and it's a long time until May, and then we speak completely differently. I have no doubts that we will try everything to, to carry on, but it's just it's just the, the, the job to do, nothing else. Just the job to do, and it's it's really nice. The last week was with the two home games, especially with uh, Napoli and Man United, was outstanding for the club. I think it was really. It's long ago there was that easy to be a LFC supporter. Like in last week, that was really brilliant and um, so well deserved. The people really deserved that. It was cool. Yeah, and I know you say that it's just one game at a time, but I just wonder how much you think about that game on the third of January with Manchester City. In terms of your in terms of your preparation of the players that will be available to you for that game? I have no clue who will be available. That's unfortunately. <laughs> Would love to know it. Um, no, no. Man City is the yeah, 3rd of January. That's the we have between Arsenal and City. It's the longest gap I had since I'm in England. Usually we play 29 and 31st or something like this. Um, this year we, have, we are the, the lucky ones who have that long gap. I think last year was Tottenham or so or, or Chelsea. That's um, now we are, in, so we have enough time to prepare the game. So hopefully we can use that time. But no, it's absolutely nothing to think about. I'm 100% sure that, um, or maybe you asked him already, but Pep doesn't think a second about us in this moment. That's good. Um, I said we have enough time, and that's always the challenge to to switch on immediately the, the preparation for the next opponent and don't think about the opponent after that. If he would now say, okay. Um, 
Wolves and, 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 and Newcastle somehow, and then Arsenal and City, these are the games we have to, that would be really dumb. So, no, we don't prepare that game. Oh, it didn't surprise me at all. So I, I saw them, I think, uh, four, five or six games last year in the championship, and they were really impressive. It's unbelievable what they did. Um, and then they brought in all, they did really good business in the transfer market, to be honest. They, they, they kept really good players. I think that they could, and the best, that they kept Neves. It's not, not normal after the season he played. So that was really, really cool for them and brought in good players. So it's a, it's a, it's a round. Team, I have to say, it really looks really good. And then, of course, and the results are sometimes a bit like that. Unlucky here, a bit lucky there. Against City, they were 100% lucky, and I know that. Um, but um, they did really well, and uh, I, I respect that a lot. The way they try to stay in the league is, is special, because usually you try to um, to keep the league somehow, to stay in the league somehow. Just and they they, they do it in a football way. So that's really that. Um, it's really good, but um, so far they didn't play us, and um, that is a, must be a new experience for them as well. To be honest, we have to be um, really strong. We know that, but there's no reason at the moment why we why I should think we will not be strong. So that's it. But it will be a, a really, a really interesting game, and um, they change a few times system stuff like that. So it will be interesting as well um, how they do that. But um, yeah, we have to be ready for everything. No, so far we have. To, we were not that successful in the past. So to be honest, it, we have, it's not that we are, we are the serial winners or whatever. To be one hundred percent honest, the, the 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 desire I see at, at City after being that um, clear um, champion last year. That's that's special for us. We have to do it. We are the challengers. We have to do it. But why shouldn't we do it? If, as long as our body gives us the the power to do it, we have to do it. And um, yeah, staying focused. Look, it's, it's a mixture of, I think we learned over the months that we have a really good football team. In the, in the summer, you, you think it's a really good football team and you see it in pre-season and they come together and it's, and the season starts early um, in, in already when the players still learn more about each other. So a few players came in a week before the, before the season started and stuff like that. So that all needs time and then from time they see now, okay, everybody has to perform on the highest level because otherwise there's another really good player who could have the place. We don't work with that pressure or threat, but it's obvious. You see it in training. If you play A versus B, oh, that's a game. If they are all in, if they all fit, that's a proper game. So, and um, that, that, that keeps you on your toes, I would say. That's the one thing. The other thing is, as a human being, and especially as a, as a footballer, you want to be successful and you know what you have to do for it. But sometimes this or that um, are not there in this moment. There's um, no reason why we shouldn't be successful, but it's, we don't know um, if we can be first or second or whatever in the league at the end of the season because there are other teams um, um, very, very good as well. But we will try everything, that's clear. And the, the players understand um, that we are 
that the club gave us the opportunity to create a group yeah, which can be successful. Both. Where players need time to, to adapt. Oh, bo both. Um, it's just they all are natural skilled. They have a few things where they are really good in, without thinking about it. That's how it is. And um, but then there are a few things in a game where they just don't feel natural. And as long as long as they don't feel natural, and you have other opportunities, why you should force it? Then and we have always we had always other options. And. Um, Thank God we have other options, and thank God we have more than three good midfield players because otherwise it would just not work. So that, that's that's all good. It's a completely normal process, completely normal, and for all of them, for Nabi, still the same. Um, he, uh, what he what he did on on Sunday was just exceptional because what we wanted of him and what he did with it was un unbelievable. So it was really really good. So it's, even he needs still time, stuff like that. Um, Shaq needs time, that, that's all how it is, that's completely normal. It's a bit easier for a centre-half, for a defender, to be honest, because that, they are not that different. But all other uh, departments on the pitch, uh, we, are, we give different information. That's how it is, and then you have to adapt to it. And it was always clear, um, yes, he played a really good game. And um, like Gini Wijnaldum, yeah, so played as well a really, really good game. And like the other boys, in the game against Napoli, which was it's exactly the same importance under pressure, playing that game, um, we are completely fine. And I have no problem to talk really positive about Fabinho. I only don't like if it then here in the back that people say, yeah, and now the others cannot play anymore. So they, all all players we have in the squad are really, really, really good. That is the reason why they are in our squad. And so they will have game time um, in the future, 100%. It looks actually surprisingly good. Um, I think Wolf still will be a bit too early, but after that, we obviously that's all how they told me we can think about him. But for that, he needs to train. So far, he didn't train, but um, pain goes down. Um, second by second, which is good, and then um, in the moment when he can deal with it, then he's on the pitch. In the moment he's on the pitch, we, we make then the decision. But um, no, it looks really, it looks good for Trent. No, not that I knew. I'm now a bit careful because last time I said about Joel Matip, I didn't know about it. But um, um, no, I don't know. <laughs> Nobody told me before the press conference. No, everything should be fine. Oh, that's no, it's not. That's just the, the experience we have together, the way we play together. The preseason already, after the United game in, in the preseason, we had so many young players on the pitch, and of course they had it as well. It's not that you go out and think oh, the season will be fantastic because we won here today um, or played an impressive football game, but it's, it just was clear that um, the group we had in the preseason. They did outstandingly well. All the young boys they did outstandingly well. So that's the moment when you start realizing, okay, could be, 
could be good. And then when all the others came came, came together, then they had to, to to know to learn to know each other um, step by step. And that's what happened, obviously. And now they are a group, and you, you, everybody knows that. With winning football games helps become a better group, or makes it especially um, easier and quicker. So that's all what happened. That, that's all. And um, of course they. They are not blind. They know about football, so they see in training how the things go, and um, then you know it, you have a chance to win it. But we were, we all know that we were lucky in two or three moments. It was a world-class goal from Daniel at Chelsea, for example, that we didn't lose so far. So we could have lost the game. We were lucky against Everton. We were unlucky in other, in other situations in the season eh, where we conceded a goal which shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been a goal, and stuff like that. Um, but. Nothing happened so far. We really think we are in the situation we should be, and I don't speak about the top of the table or stuff like that. We didn't think about that. We are in a situation where we have a big probability to win football games, and where it's really difficult for other teams to win against us. That's what should be, um, and that's how it is in the moment. That's all, and we have to keep. We have to keep it going. That, that's it, and be prepared for difficulties like we always are in the, in the games. But yeah. It's just so long to go, and you see, you struggle already. All about with, with talking, not about it. So, if it stays like this, how do we do? How, what do we want to talk about in the next few months? So, it's it's just um, it's it's a challenge for all of us uh, to deal with it. And so far, we have absolutely no problem with the situation. We stay focused and try to win the next game. Glenn? Yeah, Jürgen, how has Allison been since Sunday? I know we probably could have done better. You know, we probably could have done better with the goal, but it's proved that he can bounce back. That goal was absolutely no, absolutely no problem. We had a Christmas party on Saturday night. He was good, I think. <laughs> he looked good, and um, that's a, that maybe that's a good example. So I, I, I knew it before that it will happen. He so, did so outstanding so far, and now he made two mistakes, obvious mistakes, where it's clear you lose the ball against Leicester and you, the ball dropped. Everybody saw how it is. It was a slippery ball, and then the knee was in the wrong position, and the ball goes. Back to, to, to linger, things like this happen. But um, so for much more important to be in all the other situations there when not in a spectacular way. And just catch the ball you can catch. And these kind of mistakes, they always will happen for all goalkeepers in the world. Um, absolutely no reason. If, if he has no problem with that. And I have absolutely no problem with that. And even if it's a more decisive thing, things like this happen. It's not about the moment. It's really about all the things, the good things you can do, the good things you have influence in our game. And that's what we, um, what we know, what we see. So it was absolutely no problem. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.